Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we're going to preview a little bit of Bucks at the Phoenix Cardinals Christmas night. One of three games, I guess, that's highlighted in the uh, national schedule. Lucky us, we get to spend Christmas on on the road. This is a first for me. It's a first for the Bucks. They've never played on Christmas night. There's been some epic Christmas night games throughout the NFL history, but I'm not sure this is one you would call epic. Obviously, the Arizona Cardinals are sort of circling the drain. I think they're 4-10, and ten, I want to say. Kyler Murray out with an ACL injury. And also Colt McCoy, their backup quarterback, he's out with a concussion. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, stop me if you've heard this before. The Bucs are going to play a backup's backup in Trace McSorley, the former Penn State quarterback. Remember him with uh, Saquon Barkley? Mm-hmm. Steve, he used to win a bunch of games at Penn State. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I always thought of him as a good college quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of thrived in that Penn State offense, and, and of course, when you have Saquon Barkley back there, it helps a lot. But yeah. never thought NFL quarterback for his game. But you know, he's the third string out there or backup. Well, now he's the starter. Um, you know, he's going to get a shot. So, and it's look as much as the Bucks struggle with backup quarterbacks, the hard part about them, particularly a guy making his first career start, is you don't have a lot of tape. That's you, true. I mean, you know. Yeah, you can go back to college, but it's a different offense, different system. You know, how many years have passed in development and learning. You know, so it, there's there's part of that unknown when you face these guys of, you know, just what to expect from them and what they can do, what's going to be different in the offense compared to what Kyler Murray runs or what Colt McCoy has been running the last couple of weeks. And so, you know, there is some of that feeling out process of, you know, Look, I mean, from what I remember, Trace McSorley is a lot more mobile than Colt McCoy. He is. You know, he definitely is. Now, not necessarily more mobile than Kyler Murray, but definitely Colt McCoy, mm-hmm. who's been running the last few weeks. So, you know, that's that's a different game plan than what they probably thought they were going to get a week ago going into this game. Yeah, I've talked to some people that are like, they, they almost wish that Colt McCoy was the quarterback because he has so much tape and, and his style of play is well known, whereas McSorley... Um, much better runner, unpredictable in that aspect, and somebody you got to account for. And it's hard to account for a quarterback that that will scramble and will run for first downs and things like that. But look, they they I mean they've got DeAndre Hopkins, they got Marquise Brown. I mean they got some wide receivers on this team that that are very good. So they're not without talent. Having said that, it's been a horrible year in Arizona. It's a dysfunctional franchise. Steve Kime, I think their general manager is in rehab. Um, you know, we don't know what's the future. You know, is going to be for Kyler Murray with with the ACL this late. Who knows when he gets back next year? Don't know what the head coaching situation is going to be. They, I mean, they extended him, um, but it, it's kind of a it's kind of a mess in Arizona right now. And yet, we know this about the Bucks: they can lose to anybody and any quarterback. You know, we saw it in Pittsburgh. We saw it in Carolina. We've seen it in San Francisco. Uh, rookie quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks, um, 
P.J. Walker, doesn't seem to matter. You know, Brock Purdy, uh, they have not had any success, and that is just the opposite of what you'd expect from a veteran defense and a Todd Bowles team. But they're going to get another shot at it. And here's the thing, and and there's no way around this. And we've talked, you know, when they were going into the Cincinnati game, and I thought they played a really good half at Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. and then the wheels came off with the four turnovers, really five if you count the turnover on downs after the fake punt coming out in the second half. Um, But these are, these are winnable games, even for the bucks who are only scoring 18 points a game, even for the bucks who are, who are, you know, committing turnovers and things like that. And if they do nothing but beat Carolina and Atlanta, no matter what happens, even losing to Phoenix uh, or to Arizona, the Cardinals in Phoenix, they would win the division right and you can't count on that you don't know what's going to happen around them but you know they certainly have three games here where they will be favorites three games um, one of which is at home against Carolina and there's a chance they could have this wrapped up before they go to Atlanta for the final game which would be the best case scenario because then you could you know sit anybody that's uh, that's remotely hurt and they got a lot of guys that are sort of on the bubble, that aren't quite back yet. You're not sure who you're going to have. The injury list is is fairly big and significant. Um, you know, guys like Antoine Winfield Jr., Tristan Wirfs, you know, even Donovan Smith didn't practice on Wednesday because of a foot injury. So you're not sure how the offensive line is going to shape up. So they got issues, but they're, sooner than later, a lot of these guys will be coming back. Um but it's not, you know, they're not there yet. And that's, that's a scare. That's a problem. Having said all that, um, I had a chance to really sit down with Bruce Arians the other day. And, of course, Bruce, you know, is not the head coach. And he's, you know, he's the assistant or special assistant to the GM. And, you know, he's not in the day-to-day. Like, he's you know, sort of personnel slash, you know, I'm around my guys, you know, all that stuff. Um, but he knows his team and he, and, and he was instrumental in the draft and all that stuff. When I talked to him, it was really interesting. I loved his perspective on, on a lot of things. And, and we're going to be writing about him more as he goes into the Bucks ring of honor at halftime against Carolina a week from now. So, a week from this Sunday, there'll they'll be more Bruce Arians talk about his own career and stuff, why he left the Bucs as head coach, all of that. So we'll, we'll do that a week from Sunday. But in this Sunday's paper and online right now on TampaBay.com, and, in the, and uh, you get a chance to read about my conversation with him, what he talked about was, look, there's three games left, and fans are – basically complaining about how they played because they're six and eight, which is not a good record by any stretch. Right. And what he said was, listen, and this is a quote from him. How many banners have we hung? And I got to thinking about it. It's like, yeah, you're right. So everyone's going to complain if they have a nine and eight or eight and nine record. But if they win the division, which is they're in control of their own destiny right now with a one-game lead. If they win their division, this will only be, I think, the seventh 
seventh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh time in the last 46 previous season. Seven for 46. Folks, that's a bad batting average if you're a major league, you know, debut rookie. But seven times. So this would be, they've had a total of seven so far in 46 previous seasons, division titles. So what's everybody upset about again? I mean, yes, it's been an uneven season. It's been frustrating. It's been Tom Brady and his divorce. It's been he's missing for 10 days. It's been losing to backup quarterbacks in Pittsburgh and Carolina and, you know, a rookie in San Francisco, like all that, right, all of it, um, blowing a 17 to nothing lead against Cincinnati. It's all mixed in there, and they're all individual games and all of that. But at the end of the day, as Stephen Smith would say, what's the goal here anyway, right? It's to get to, to win a division. Because the only way you're guaranteed to get in the postseason is to what? Win your division. Now, this division is god-awful from a record standpoint. And you can say, well, they're beating each other up. Well, they're really not. I mean, they're, they're losing to the AFC. That, that's... That's who the Bucks have lost to. They have not won a team, uh, beaten a team in the AFC. In the NFC, they're okay. Um, but if you win the division, hello, you play to win the division. You're right where you were a year ago. I mean, you're literally hosting a wild card game, same as last year. Now, you're not as high a seed because of your record, and that would help in case. A team loses like Green Bay did last year. Would host another game like they did against the Rams, but again, um, seven, seven in the past forty-six seasons for the Bucks. And what Bruce Arians basically said was, um, "Yeah, how many banners?" He goes, "Your job as a head coach is to hang a division banner." This team is just finding itself. So many injuries, swapping personnel. I think Todd has done a great job. Once you win the division, let's go play. How many Super Bowls can you get out of that? The present is as bright as the future, but the future will be real bright in a few weeks. He believes if these guys start to come back from a health standpoint, they're going to be fine. And that's a question mark because you still have three games to play and guys get hurt every time. You know, you expose yourself to to uh, to another team, um, but honest to God, it it really does. If you take a step back and you go, okay, not happy with the way they're playing, not happy, you know, think they should play better, not happy with Todd Bowles, whatever. I mean, you have all these complaints, right? But what if you get Antoine Winfield back, and Vita Vea, and Mike Edwards? and Tristan Wirfs, and even maybe Jamel Dean, right, to go with all the other guys that are healthy. And you go on this run, and you beat the Arizona Cardinals, and then you come home, and you beat the Carolina Panthers. By the time you get to Atlanta, it may be clinched. You might be emptying your your bench. I mean, Kyle Trask, for God's sakes, make a play in Atlanta if everything is wrapped up. And so there is dark and as gloomy and as as bleak as it looks right now um these guys are actually in a great position and it, and again if you just win the division it sounds easy but it's not easy to do then once you're there what happens okay 
And as Arians told me, he goes, who cares if we're eight and nine? It doesn't matter. Eight and nine, nine and eight. Guess what? We're all 0 and 0 once we get to the postseason. So in 2014, you know, speaking of just that, division winners with, with losing records, right? Which is what Rich McKay told me and a lot of people told me when they went into these new divisions back in 2002. Um, the fear was is that you're going to have division champions that had losing records and then you're going to have other teams with 12 or 13 wins or whatever and they're not either going to make the playoffs or they're going to be wild cards. Well, it's happened a few times, but so what, right? In 2014, Arians was coaching the Arizona Cardinals. You know what they did? They went 11-5, and five, but they didn't win the division. So they had to go to Carolina to play uh, the Panthers, who were 7-8-1, and one, right? You think they were doing cartwheels in, in Carolina because they were a 7-8-1 team? Oh, yeah, guess what? They won 27-16. Now, part of that was there was a bunch of injuries to the Cardinals quarterback. They were down their fourth guy, all of that. But still, it happened. Um, you know, the Cardinals were 11-5, and five, and they wound up losing. Um then you have, you know, other, I mean, there's been a lot of these examples where teams with losing records get into the postseason and beat a, a great team with a winning record. Seattle was another one of those teams that they, you know, New Orleans went out there and Seattle won, wound up winning. So um, this is sort of the, you know, glasses half full kind of version. I mean, they're still only averaging 17.6 points a game. That's 28th in the league. They're last in rushing yards. I mean, all those problems still exist. Um, but if you just look at the first half, and you can't wipe out what happened in the second half, but basically it was four turnovers in about five or six plays, and you're not going to win any game, much less against the Bengals when you do that. But if you look at how they played in the first half, as Arians told me, he goes, look, we took our shots downfield. We look like us. He goes, the first half was the first time I've seen in the year, in, in this year where Byron Leftwich said, "Screw it, I'm gonna be, I'm going back to being me," and he said, "You know, Mike Evans should have had 200 yards, had 83 in the first half on seven targets, and then they kind of stopped throwing to him. Uh, they had more play action. Um, they threw the ball downfield. You know, you're getting a lot of cover three. There was some zones that were opening up, and and Mike Evans, you know, was getting off, and." If you can sort of replicate that, you know, and, and let it go, open it up. You know, it's funny. When you talk to Bruce, he's sort of like everybody else is saying, well, how are you last in the league in rushing? Why are you only rushing it so many times a game? And he's like, you know who was last in the league in rushing last year? The Los Angeles Rams. And they won the Super Bowl. It's about points. And, and you hear it from Byron who parrots – Bruce Arians, but it really is, it really does come down to points. And I think they can score more points than the Arizona Cardinals. I really do. And if they do, they're going to have to find a way to do it against Carolina at home and then potentially Atlanta on the road the next week, and that won't be easy. But this team, once they get there, uh, you know, we go in the indoor facility all the time. They put up banners there for all their championships, right? And there's just not that many, man. They've played damn near 50 years, and they've got seven division titles. So I'm, I dig expectations. I think it's great that fans 
you know, you want your fans to think that every year you have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And yes, with Brady, it's Super Bowl or bust. They're not they're not playing to make the playoffs. They're playing to get the rings. And Bruce Arians really believes that, you know, Todd's doing a great job and that, you know, he hopes that they it all ends in a ring. But first it's gotta get they gotta get to the postseason. And I think they can do that. I don't think Arizona is a very good football team. They're four and ten. They're down to their third quarterback. And we've seen this story before play out, like I said, PJ Walker and others. But if you get this win on Christmas night, that's a nice flight home. And then you're playing Carolina, potentially, depending on what happens with Atlanta. But Atlanta loses. You might be coming home to play Carolina, having beaten Arizona. And if you win, you clinch. Think about that atmosphere. Think about after all that's happened, you have a chance to win one game, and boom, you're in the postseason. That's, at the end of the day, man, that's really all that matters. And I don't have a ton of confidence that they're going to go deep in the postseason once they get there. I really don't. But I I don't know that I bet against them because I know if Dallas comes in here, they've beaten Dallas. Dallas has a lot of pressure on them. That was the other thing Bruce told me. He's like, who do you fear in the NFC? Are you afraid to go to Minnesota? You know, who just gave up, what, 33, 34 points in the first half the other day? You afraid to go to Dallas who gave up 500 yards to Jacksonville or play Dallas at home? It's wide open in the AFC or the NFC. And, you know, they just got to get there. And the way they get there is, you know, stop the losing streak, win one game in Arizona on Christmas night, come home and, and play and play your, your last two division games. I really think they're in, good, they're in a good place. But listen, people's expectations are great. It's great that you have them, but you also have to take a step back and go seven division titles. That's it, Steve, seven. That's not a lot, man. It really isn't. I mean, the fact that they got two Super Bowls, yeah, in that, in that time, out of two, out of two, though, that's a great point. Like you're two for seven, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Now, two years ago, they didn't win the division when they won the Super Bowl. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But I mean, but you know, I'm not sure which is more impressive: two Super Bowls in 50 years, when you've only won the <laughs> right. division seven times. And granted, like I said, you did the one year you didn't win it, and you won the you Super didn't Bowl. Win but, it, but yeah, yeah, it just shows you they haven't. There hasn't been a ton. Of, I mean. When Tom Brady got here, the Bucks had the worst winning percentage of all North American sports. North American sports. Mm-hmm. You know the expectations are fantastic, and, and you should you should hold this team to a high standard. Oh yeah, you want them. But Absolutely. as we talked yesterday, the goals at the beginning of the year are make the playoffs, win the division, win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Well, right now the first two, they're on track to do that. Mm-hmm. It may not be the way you wanted to see it done. And you're lucking out that your division stinks this year relative to the NFC East, the AFC East. If you were in one of those divisions, it, yeah, then it would be really disappointing. But they can control their own destiny. Everything's in front of them that they want to do. Now, you may not have a lot of faith that they're going to get it done. That's right. fair. That's right. But you do have Tom Brady on your side. You got Tom and you got... The the pressure for each team is the same in that you win or your season's over. That's mm-hmm. an immense amount of pressure. During the regular season, you have a team that might be favored over another team. And even if they get – like if the Bengals had lost last Sunday, it would have hurt them in their division, obviously. 
because they're neck and neck with the Ravens. But it's not the end of the year. It's not the end of the world. You know, they can come back. That's not their season if they lose that game. You get in the postseason, both teams, that's it. One and done. The pressure is the same, and it's immense on both sides, and sometimes perceptibly more immense in the case of, like, the Dallas Cowboys, right, whose history of playing in the postseason the last 25 years is not good. And, you know, you you see the way they're playing right now, and you go, hmm, they might have a, they might have an issue, but it's a it's a second season. It really is. There's plenty of Super Bowl champions that got hot at the right time. You know, if the Bucks ran the table and they had a three game winning streak, uh, hosting the Dallas Cowboys or somebody else, I'm telling you, you would feel good about it. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, more about the Bucks. But first, I want to remind you guys: if you're trying to save money on your electric bill, we have a solution for you. It's May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years now. There's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection. That is the May difference if you visit their Hutchins showroom. May Electric displays all their products. They have on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install and they don't use subcontractors. So those are Billy Mays guys up on the roof. You know who is doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your life and that of your appliances. May Electric Solar. That's 727-819-2862. All right, we got more NFL news, including the Pro Bowl here in just a minute. But first, folks, I want, I want to remind you that uh, we have a very special presentation. And I know you guys are used to listening to the podcast. We thank each and every one of you. This thing has grown throughout the years. But you want to be on hand for tomorrow's podcast. And it is on video, which is something we don't do very often or ever uh, to this point. But we will probably in the future as well for something like this. So NFL 360, which uh, has like 12 Emmy nominations, four Emmy wins. They're a monthly documentary documentary series and it's hosted by Melissa Stark, who you see all the time on uh, Sunday Night Football, uh, et cetera. Um, and mo- I guess it's Monday Night Football now, actually. Anyway, they have a premiere of a, uh, of a film that they did. And it's called Who, If Not Us. And we had a chance to talk to Trent Cooper, who is their you know, NFL 360's uh, uh content coordinator for lack of a better term i might be getting this wrong um, he's the showrunner for three nfl he's 360. the showrunner he's the there director of this film of this film yeah and he's won a bunch of emmys and is a great guy and a friend of mine and at the end of the day um this film uh is one if you if you watch good morning football and you know kyle brandt who i think is one of the most talented guys on television listen to me now not the nfl not sports television, television. This guy is is immensely talented. Um, you see him doing all kinds of bits on Good Morning Football, Wall Streeters, and angry runs, and you know he's just got energy galore. He ended up being assigned um, to communicate 
with these guys who were football players in the Ukrainian League of American Football. And they love the game. Uh, two of them were brothers, running back and a fullback. Uh, you had the J.J. Watt, if you will, of the Ukrainian League of American Football. And the way they did it was they, they came, Trench Cooper came to Kyle and he says, you know, we've, we've got these guys that play American football over there and they're sending us like little video snippets. It's, it's sort of like the modern day pen pals where somebody shoots a video, sends it to you. There's no live interaction. It's not Snapchat or it's not FaceTiming. But you get this video from the guy and you kind of send one back. And so Trent Cooper tells the story how he knew that Kyle Brandt would be perfect for this because, one, he had a lot in common with, with those guys who had young families and children that had gone off to war that were about Kyle's age. And secondly, he just knew that he'd be affected by it, which is interesting because he wanted somebody sensitive enough to actually you know, feel what was going on in a war that was you know, 12,000, 10,000 miles away. And I'm here to tell you, this film is incredibly moving. Um, when you think about what these guys did to get their families to safety, um, you know, obviously the, the, the commonality between, you know, Kyle and these guys is, is football. They're American football fans, and they play the game. And they're over there getting their, you know, getting bombed to death by, by the Russians and fighting Russia in this Ukrainian war and it's really moving and you get to be attached to these guys in these little vignettes these little two-minute snippets of, of, of film that they would send back and forth and then Kyle goes over to Europe and goes to Poland and where you know Latvia and some of these countries where these guys had taken their families to safety and then went back and fought in the Ukrainian army and he meets their wives and their young daughters, etc. cetera. Uh, and then they have an opportunity to provide them with tickets to go to Germany where, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to play the Seattle Seahawks in an NFL football game. And they're sort of the guest of honor. And I was there and we've talked about it on this podcast. It's one of the things Trent Cooper heard while he was listening. He listens to our podcast and he goes, and I said this, Maybe the loudest ovation, and there were a bunch of them, with all the Sweet Caroline and, and the karaoke band that bro broke out afterwards. The loudest ovation was for these women, who were the wives of Ukrainian League of American football players and their children um, that were at this game, and they introduced before the game. And it still gives me chills to, to think about it. And, and, you know, these women obviously would go days without hearing from their husbands, not knowing if they were alive or dead. Um, and then after the game, a really cool moment happens when uh, they're both able to meet Tom Brady and, and what they say to him and, and vice versa. It's a great film. You want to watch it. It airs um, after the, the, you know, the post-game show, uh, which is around 11 o'clock, I think, or so on Christmas night. And then again, it airs in its normal time slot on Monday, but it is a fantastic film. And Kyle is great talking about it, how he was affected personally, professionally, in every way you can be affected. Who 
if not us, NFL 360, Saturday, December 24th, after game day final on NFL Network. Don't miss it. If you do, then again, it's regular time, Tuesday, December 27th, 8 p.m., also on NFL Network. Okay, congratulations to Tristan Wirfs is in order. He is the Buccaneers' lone Pro Bowl starter at right tackle, his second straight Pro Bowl selection. Not a surprise with the Bucks' record being what it is at 6-8. and eight. They didn't get many starters. They got one, actually, in, in total. Um, there are some guys that are alternates that, based on number of players, and, and you know they're not playing a game this time at the Pro Bowl. It's more of a skills competition and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know that many guys or who would bow out of this necessarily. Well, but, guys that are playing you know, in the Super Bowl won't be there because it's the week before. For starters, so, yeah. You know, those teams, mm-hmm. those players don't go. So then you need alternates for that. And then injuries. Right. right. But you had you had a number of guys. Antoine Winfield Jr., Tom Brady is like a fourth quarterback, I think, on that list, uh, fourth or fifth. You know, you had you had a number of players that, potentially based on how many guys were to bail out. And, and again, this isn't a game, and it just depends on if their teams are in the postseason, but I would expect a lot of these guys, especially this year, will be unique in that they're not having tackle football, not that it was tackle for the last 10 years, but you get my point. But listen, Tristan Wirfs, and I said this when they drafted him, after I watched him give up just one sack as a rookie, and knowing his background as a as a wrestler, virtually undefeated in Iowa as a guy that played multiple sports, you know, including baseball and others. His, his movement is so good. And at an early age where it usually takes years to develop the technique he has, he's got two pro bowls right now. If this guy's fortunate enough to stay healthy, he is the next gold jacket player on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And no question. He's that good, and um, you should appreciate what he's doing at a very young age. But he's got two now, and before you know it, you're going to turn around and you're going to say he's got eight, he's got nine. You know, I really think that that's going to be the standard bearer for the NFC at right tackle, or if they move into left tackle next year, that obviously is a story. But I, he's still so solid that um, he deserves it, and happy for him. Thought maybe they get a player or two more, but they got a bunch of alternates, so that's fair. I'm fine with it. I, uh, I'm just glad that Tristan's on it. Also, check out another story I wrote in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com about Russell Gage. If I were to say to you, Steve, and I, we've given it away, but I mean, really, who leads the Bucks in touchdowns right now? Without knowing, and you do know, how many players before you had gotten to Russell Gage? I would have said uh, Fournette one, mm-hmm. Evans two, yep. Maybe Rashad White or maybe Godwin. Rashad White. Godwin three sure. four. I don't know which order I might have picked those. But that's probably where you would have stopped it about Godwin or, or Rashad yeah. White or something. Yeah. It's none of those guys, and that's that's what's sort of stunning. This is not necessarily a great stat, but Russell Gage who had two touchdowns the other night, has four, just four, on the season, which leads the Bucks. And for the number of snaps he's played, he's been hurt an awful lot with a hamstring injury and stuff like that. He's been very productive. Now, he doesn't have the yards per catch average. Nobody does right now. Um, but 
yeah, it was it was good to see, man. I'm, I'm checking out in the Tampa Bay Times. Russell Gage has gotten in the end zone for the number of chances he's had. He's a good route runner, and he even said what happens to him is if they're down on the goal line, they're going to absolutely double Mike Evans. They may even double or bracket Chris Godwin if he's in the slot. But they're going to try to play him man-to-man until he proves he can't win. Well, he just proved he can. And that was not a small thing. That was, that was a big play. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sad news unexpected. Franco Harris has died and it's what the timing of it of course is never good but couldn't be worse he was just a few days away from the 50th anniversary of the immaculate reception they're going to honor that play they're going to retire his number this week and retire his number i mean it's just so sad um that uh that this has occurred in the first place but the timing of it is startling and they'll still do they'll do the ceremony and it's going to be very solemn obviously um, I've met him a couple times because of, of trips to Canton, Ohio with various people. Nicest guy you could ever meet. Um, humility beyond belief. But when you think about those Steelers teams and what's, what was amazing about this particular play, and I, I was a Raiders fan way back in the day and, and you know, sort of was mad about what happened here. But this began the Steelers dynasty, this play, this one singular play. Um, and it was controversial and, and all of that. Uh, and there's a, a replica of the play in the Pittsburgh airport. When you land and you're going down the escalator, you see, you see Franco making the immaculate reception, but what a guy and what a, a gentleman and, and really one of the faces along with Joe Green and others of that Steeler dynasty with Chuck Nolan, all those guys. Without that play, they had not scored a touchdown in the postseason in quite a while, and he makes that play, and they and they beat the Raiders with it. But um, good dude, man. Like the few times that I've been around him, he's a really good dude. And finally, Steve, I was flipped this game on late because uh, I was out to dinner, and and I saw where the Lightning were kind of like in a kind of a close game at Detroit, and then they give a couple empty netters. So back-to-back losses on the road, how significant is this for the way? Because before this road trip, the Lightning were playing very, very well. And their trip to Buffalo, I guess, uh, snowed out for the, for the weekend. Yeah, the Lightning done for the, until after Christmas now for another week as uh, Buffalo's going to get nailed with a big snowstorm on Friday. Mm-hmm. So the league had you know, worries about fan safety getting to the game Friday, but also the Lightning getting stranded there for the holiday. Yeah, they didn't want to have that happen. So the Lightning game Friday moved to Saturday, March 4th. It'll be an afternoon affair in Buffalo. Uh, but, yeah, they lose to Toronto last night. Didn't play very well. Toronto played really well. I thought the Lightning played better on Wednesday night. I thought Brian Elliott had a rough third period. Led in two bad goals. One, he 
gave the puck away playing it behind the net. The other one was a bad goal. I mean, it was a 3-3 game until that. Then they were down 5-3 and lost. Uh, it's a shame because Brian Elliott's played pretty well for the Lightning for two years. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but you hate to see that. Um, Lightning played better, but they're on the road. I mean, you know what? They had won. They played very well. They played 15-20 to 20 at home. And all of a sudden, now this was a four-game road trip. It ends up being a three-game road trip. They only they didn't play well to start the Montreal game, then turned it on, won that game, lost to Toronto, lost to Buffalo. So two points out of six, not a good road trip. Um, you'll be home for the next three, and then you're going to play a lot on the road in January and February. So they're going to have to used to get playing or get used to playing on the road and doing better. Um, but you know, Ellie, just like I said, a rough third period it was three-three going in the third. Um, you just don't like to see that. So I, th- I thought, you know, Point and Kucherov played better tonight. They were pretty bottled up by Toronto. Um, you saw some good things. It was a little chippy game against Detroit, too. So, Yeah. Um, Detroit's got four empty net goals against the Lightning this year. It's kind of weird. Yeah. That's, you know, and, and actually when they, they emptied the net, they they scored a goal and made it a one-goal game with about, I don't know, three and a half minutes to play or so, and then they gave, gave up some empty netters. But, um, yeah. look, they had been playing very, very well, and, and – you're not gonna you're not gonna win every game, especially on the road. But Detroit was desperate. They lost six in a row going into that game. I know. I they saw had, that. They I hadn't won like, since they beat the Lightning and Amelie Arena. The Lightning, you know, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. So they were desperate yeah. for a win, much like Toronto had lost two in a row going in. They were desperate too, and you know, on the road, you got to raise your level of play to match that. And the Lightning weren't able to for these two games. So now they get a week off uh, unexpectedly, as they, you know, like I said, they were supposed to play Friday, but now they won't play till. Uh, back-to-back at home next Wednesday, Thursday, Montreal, and the Rangers. Probably a good time for some rest, and they're going to get that. So, um, yeah, so check out, you know, again, tomorrow's podcast with uh, Kyle Brandt and and, uh, the movie on NFL 360. Make sure you watch that if you get a chance to. Also, if you're looking to save money on electric bill, uh, call our friends at May Electric Solar. Seriously, they've been in business 12 years they're going to save you money. They're going to guarantee it for 30 years, labor and service warranty. You get everything you need. You can start saving today. May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. Kyle Brandt with NFL 360 tomorrow on the podcast. Check it out. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.